You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Man, I I hope you really enjoyed Animal Disasters, our previous classic. Because you know what one successful thing needs? It needs a sequel. And that's mostly because we have a lot left over. Because we asked our listeners to tell us their ultimate animal disasters. And animal disasters, apparently so common... That we couldn't even get to like uh, I, half of them in a live show. Yeah, this became our live. This became the basis for our live show in Austin. Uh, and unlike most sequels, we're returning to this because we have too many ideas, not because we're out of ideas. I I, I dispute that this is a sequel. Actually, I think this is a gritty reboot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the um the Zack yeah, Snyder the Zack Snyder the cut. On the, if we're telling the cat on the tire story, this is going to get pretty gritty. Here's the here's the thing you need to know. Superman fucks and he kills. <laughs> what animals? <laughs> Both of them. Both of those verbs. Interesting. Interesting. What if so we took a children's were... franchise and made it crumpy? <laughs> <laughs> for some of these, we decided they were just too hot for Austin. So you, the, you the listener at home, get in the privacy of and comfort and safety to, to feel troubled by things that are not comfortable or safe. Won't that be fun? Like Superman fucking animals, apparently. Sure. This this would is not that canon. Uh, <laughs> this episode would this episode would not have an ASPCA uh, like endorsement. It really wouldn't. Which, when you look through the list of movies that were made after we decided to stop outright killing animals on film as part of entertainment, shout out Gosford Park. Yeah, Gosford Park is like if you go like man. 
What what hardcore movies don't have the ASPCA's No Animals Were Harmed in the Making of This Movie? Gosford fucking Park. That's because right. fuck geese. I'm just going to start calling Gosford Park like Die Hard 6. Die Hard 6, Gosford Park. Is what, what is Gosford Park? Okay, Gosford Park is, uh, this is a minority opinion, the best film that Robert Altman ever made. It's a murder mystery set at an English country house uh, that centers around a a pheasant hunt uh they go out or grouse is it grouse they go out to shoot birds it's like in the 1930s in england and they go out back to shoot birds and there's no aspca logo at the end of the film because they really did just shoot a whole bunch of birds which is fine because birds are our enemy to be clear no one on this podcast harmed an animal in the making of this podcast okay what about self what about self-harm are you suggesting that animals within the reach of our voice will self-harm? I wasn't, but now I am. Well, Is I this think like the happening? People are animals, so, mm. Holly, so all, of, all of this counts. Holly, this podcast is bad. It is not the happening bad. Ryan, I kind of love the happening oh my in God. the same way right. that I love this podcast. Let's just, let's just push forward. Shut Keep down full cast, seize you, I, and our lemon drink. <laughs> Remember, the only time I can remember a mascot willfully self-harming, there's two instances of this, okay? Once, I believe in like 1982, the Red Raiders Black Stallion just ran headfirst into um, one of the walls of Texas Tech Stadium. Oh, God. Just ran in front of, can you think of a more Texan story, by the way, than Crazy Horse? I actually can, and it took place in California yesterday. (laughs) Go, Go on. I got an LA Times alert uh, late last night, and I'm just going to read this headline. Mm-hmm. Brawl erupts at convention for local government officials at resort. Okay. Okay, I'm uh, listening. A conference of local government officials from across California erupted into violence over the weekend when several attendees began throwing punches, with at least one person apparently knocked unconscious. So somebody got world... Mayor fight! Somebody got world starred at the light. State Compliance Code at, at Convention. The Indian, at the Renaissance Indian Wells. That's a pretty Texan story to take place in California. Salute, California. I Wait, appreciate that. because I need to figure out how far Indian Wells is from Temecula. The other story I remember is, at one point, Auburn's mascot, one of Auburn's seven mascots, right? Because mm-hmm. Auburn has the following mascots. They have Aubie. Um, they call themselves the Plainsmen. Oh, it's like an hour and a half. There's Taylor Hicks. Taylor Hicks is also a mascot at Auburn. So he's a very plain man. So life, so lifelike. Uh, but uh, Pat Dye, Pat Dye is is another mascot. Pat Dye's pants, separate mascot. Separate Wait, mascot. Sorry, yeah. one more line from this LA Times story. There were no arrests in the mayor fight, and they could not provide any more details from the police because the police department did not consider the incident to be breaking news. So they didn't even assign a spokesperson to it. That's, that's how Texan the, as hell. That's how the police say that your fight sucked. <laughs> then in, they also have Spe- the Eagle. Uh, in 2011, the Eagle Spirit uh, took off and decided to wage some class warfare and fly into the window of a luxury box head first. It was fine. It was fine. That's how I like to enter all luxury boxes. The wage gap is real. Scream! <laughs> Aren't you even concerned about the Gini coefficient? 
Yeah. So spirit hit the glass there. That's the only other time I can remember mascots like willfully self-harming. Pistol for- Pete has, has tried to kill himself on multiple occasions, just won't stay dead. <laughs> I think the thing is, how many bullets would it take to <laughs> do any damage to oh, that Oh, that's head? like some Tootsie Pop shit. Yeah. The eagle, by the way, left a good eagle-shaped print on the window. <laughs> like... The uh, War Eagle reader like, had a great... Du- like it's greasy? Yeah, like oh. it had like a... Well, I mean, it's covered in, you know, aerodynamic, aerodynamic bird wax. That's disgusting. I mean, the story of the original original War Eagle is that it fell to the ground dead, isn't it? I'm going to take that as canon, yeah. We just made I, that up. No, I, I don't think that's... No, you're right. I, I don't think I'm making that up. No, that sounds right. Sure. sure. I think it's that, I think it's that a, a beloved professor's who I think was a Confederate veteran, had an eagle that he toted around on campus because for a time, all of America was Key West. And it fell dead in the middle of a Georgia game. It fell out of the sky. It would fly around the fly over the crowd during games. It fell to the ground dead in the middle of a Georgia game. Auburn came back to beat Georgia. And somehow this was, man, I don't know. Bird myths are weird. <laughs> Bird myths of college football. <laughs> Uh, the the theme today, um, these were the sort of, you know, too hot for live show stories that too, we got. Too dark, man. Just little dark. dark. You know, it would have been an awkward laugh. But you're alone right now listening to this, probably, in your car. No one knows what a terrible human being you are. God doesn't have a podcast app. God also can't see you in your car because he can't see through lead. It's true. That's why you shouldn't get a sky uh, a sunroof. That's right. He can see you laughing at, I don't know. I'm going to start with this story. If I can kick all these off, y'all. You don't mind if I kick them off? Or do, we have, some, or do we have some podcast business no, to take care of? No, don't say you're going to kick it off and then immediately derail. Just there kick is, it off. There is a false start it on the kick. It is called Can I Kick It? Mm. We'll take care of the podcast business. <laughs> Sounds later. like the answer is not yes, you can, but maybe. Maybe? Just, no. I'm, just, I'm, might, might I kick it? Just, just kick it. We'll get to podcast business. I promise. Mother, may I kick it? I wanted to start with uh, Abe the Boxer. All right. Uh, I'm going to tell you, Abe is uh, a dog oh. and his breed is a boxer. He's not actually a boxer. Less interesting. A little less interesting, right? Uh, but Abe the Boxer, if you haven't ever had a boxer, boxer's brains are filled with, uh, with farts. That's it. They're just very short-nosed, very energetic. Not terribly bright, very sweet dogs whose sole obsession in life is uh, licking faces and eating cicadas. That's it. That's all they really like to do. They'll eat like 30 cicadas at once and come in and puke them up on your living room floor and be like, look, I did something. So this is a story. You can start here. I let my dogs out one night at 10 p.m. to go to the bathroom before bed. I couldn't get them back inside. And notice that my boxer, Abe, had a rabbit in his mouth. Okay, I will also, I will interject here. Commentary. A boxer has no idea what to do with a rabbit. It caught it, and then it was like, oh, what do I do now? Oh, my God. Because they don't, they've had all practical skills really sort of bred out of them. They're just springs and farts, like I said. I went outside in my underwear to try to get it out of his mouth. Chasing him around the yard using several expletives as I did. At one point, I got the now-dead rabbit free. This is actually probably the first time a boxer's actually hunted and killed an animal. So this is science. I want this noted. 
But Abe jumped, bit my hand, and got the rabbit back. The struggle continued, and I popped the rabbit's head right off his body. Since this is going really well so far for you, sir. I said screw it and went back inside. Same. I think the point in the story where I would give up would be the point where the rabbit's head came off. Because I might suspect it was dead before that. But at this point, I'm going to go ahead and put that wager on the table. Eventually, both dogs came in. Abe laid down, got up, went to the other room, and threw up the rabbit right on the carpet. This is flawless. This is like... This is... This is a perfect animal horror story. I have this animal that I love, and to repay me, he puked up a rabbit that he decapitated with me. It was a team decapitation with this idiot dog, and then threw the whole thing right up on the carpet. So you couldn't even, even if you were the practical sort and thought, oh, maybe I'll get a rabbit pelt out of this, or I'll cook it, right? Nope, nope. He made sure you couldn't do that. And then ruined your carpet by throwing up an entire rabbit right on it. Abe, Abe is the king of all boxers in that this was energetic, stupid, and ultimately you probably forgave Abe for this. So peak all around. This is like 12 out of 10. What would be the alternative to forgiving at this, at this point? You get, ri- you get rid of it. I know people who've done this with boxers. They're just like, I can't take it. <laughs> okay. Please right. take it. You know who takes these dogs? My brother. My brother, my brother took a boxer once that somebody said, yeah, we can't really have him around people. And my brother said, well, that's not me. Plus, I'm looking to build a wall of rabbit carcasses. Yeah, I, I was I was looking to have everything in my house forcibly destroyed by something that doesn't know what food is or isn't and has to test it all by eating it. Is the dog. What is the dog in Turner and Hooch? What kind of dog is that? That is a dog to Bordeaux. Okay. That's a but great I name. A bloodhound. No, it is a dog. It is a dog de Bordeaux, which oh, with that weird French way of spelling dog. Yes, dig, okay. dig, dig de Bordeaux. They are very smart. They are very charming. They also are smarter than some of their owners. So if you have a dog de Bordeaux, uh, just you know, give it tasks like accounting, intellectual things that you know sort of can fill the, fill their day. Tasks. Is there some kind of scale that rates dogs as smarter or less smart than Tom Hanks? What? Tom Hanks seems reasonably sharp. No, that's what I'm saying. That, oh, would be okay. a, that would be a good midpoint for determining animal intelligence. Right. Like how many how many of this dog it would take to equal Tom Hanks, maybe? Yeah, Tom Hanks as a unit of intelligence. Uh, Dr. Bordeaux is like, like 1.3 Tom Hanks. You, you need, wait, you're saying the dog is smarter than Tom Hanks? Um, no, I think you need like 1.3 Tom Hanks oh. to equal, to, to like... I, you know, I have it the other way around. Yeah, 1. that's 3, absolutely yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, no, 1.3 dog to Bordeaux, okay. right, to equal one Tom Hanks. So, so point, let's call it 0. 0.7 Tom Hanks. Yeah, 0. 0.7. Okay. Right. That's got to be one of the smartest. It's a very it's a very smart dog. It also looks like it wants a Galois and a glass of red wine immediately. Once you see that it's a French dog, you're like, oh, monsieur, I am so sorry to have interrupted your retirement at the age of 47. <laughs> Who's next? We're not doing podcast business yet. Who's next? I'll go. All right. This is from alert reader, John. Little brother got a pet iguana. Dad built a sizable cage as an indoor habitat. 
But apparently, this habitat was not up to this particular iguana's high standard of living, as she, ooh, Lady Iguana, proceeded to thrash against the chicken wire with such fury that it actually came detached from the wood frame. Not shoddy construction, just lizard rampage strength. She got along fine in the backyard chain link pen we built her after that, but even Texas winter is too cold for iguanas. So for three to four months a year, she lived peacefully in our bathtub with the shower curtain drawn. This was our guest bathroom, and as house policy, we never told guests about the lizard. (laughs) If a guest heard a rustle in the tub while they were using the facilities and investigated, they would find this angry-looking iguana. We would then pretend that we had never seen her before and couldn't fathom how she got into the house, much less the bathtub. If you are John's mother, I would like to hear from you at this time. Please email me uh, at holly.anderson at voxmedia.com. Tell me about this time in your life and and, and what you learned from it. Do you know what this story convinces me? That the world was better without Facebook because Mm -hmm. in a Facebook world, you do this once to um, uncle Ronnie, you prank uncle Ronnie. So good. He's taken a poop. He gets scared by the iguana. It's hilarious. But then uncle Ronnie hops on Facebook to tell everybody, Hey man, if you go over to, if you go over to uh, alert readers house, they got an iguana just chilling in the goddamn guest bathroom. Heads up, prank over. But in a pre-Facebook world, you would rely on Uncle Ronnie to go affirmatively tell people, and he's your Uncle Ronnie. Of course he's not going to do that. Classic Ronnie. Facebook is evil. This proves it. I was on the fence until this story about an iguana. Uh, The other thing I learned from this story is that um, unqualified dads should not build animal habitats. Bad plan. I will say I uh, I went and got my car detailed the other day at this place we usually go to, but I've never used the facilities at this place. And it's it's a rustic arrangement. I'll put it that way, generally speaking, for this uh, car detail, detailing place in Atlanta. I had to use the facilities. I asked where the bathroom was. They said, oh, it's in there on the left. And, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, turn the lights on, turn them off when you leave. That was all they told me. I walked over. I opened the door. It was dark in there. Heard a fan. Didn't hear much else go on. Shut the door. And it was dark, but I knew where the light switch was. So there's a span of like two or three seconds where I'm going to turn around and try to grab the light switch. In that moment, I heard a dog (laughs) immediately begin barking at close range. Wait, that's every... No, 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 this is... Okay, just for background context, have you ever met a dog that doesn't love you? Uh, I've met a couple, one or two, but okay. not many. I generally get along like, real well. You're like the mean dog whisperer, though. Yeah, generally even mean <laughs> the dog. dog shouter. <laughs> yeah. No, there's the, listen, there's these three pit bulls that occasionally escape from this one yard at my street and enjoy running up and down the middle of my street in a pack. They're very jolly, uh, but they're still pit bulls. They love this dude. Yeah, like... Other people move and they come over and they're like, what's up, man? They're extremely jovial, but also pit bulls. Yeah. Uh, I immediately hear a dog barking at close range 
and I don't really know whether it's restrained or not. I turn on the lights and in this dark room, there is a toilet with no stall around it that is facing two dogs in cages, both Rottweilers, (laughs) both shaking their cages so hard that um, I don't know if the cages are going to last much longer. It was like the fastest pee of my life. Like oh, so, just, so you did, in fact, pee. I did. I did pee. Um, Those dogs' names are Charmin and Cottonelle. Was that, <laughs> was that, was that brave or dumb of you? Um, yeah, you pulled your dick out in front of two Rottweilers that hated you? Display of dominance. I want to, I want to, like, there are two ways to look at this. One is you successfully peed in this stressful environment. Good job, you. The other one is, how would you feel if this had been your death story? Man mauled at gas uh, at car wash bathroom by two rottweilers in enclosed room that he opened the door to what about this does not check out yeah but you what don't ab- have to that doesn't have to be your destiny i the, i wouldn't what, the, what? what, the, the, what do you ter- not understand about fate? why would why wouldn't it be <laughs> yeah what it what do you think fate's some kind of like to opt-in letter yeah to say this doesn't have to be spencer's destiny misunderstands both spencer and destiny yeah like Seriously, do you think this is some kind of email newsletter that you sign up for and can opt out of? No, fate fate does not have an opt-out option, Ryan. If I was supposed to walk in and immediately get mauled by two Rottweilers and that's how I had to go, buddy, I, I don't know what I could have done about that. <laughs> I, I, think, I think the key here is mauled in the dick. Yeah, now that part, <laughs> again, you might as well give them a story, right? Don't just give me, don't, don't just give somebody, you know, like, oh man, he kicked it. That's real sad. No, 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 no. I want to give you all something to talk about on the way out. That also, can... it wasn't sad at all. Also, yeah. this is like 15 minutes of John Wick 3. <laughs> it's how he would have won. <laughs> oh, shit, we still haven't seen John Wick 3. Okay, I watched both John's Wick last week for the first time. Um, I feel as though I understood more about the John Wickiverse before I sat through both of the movies. <laughs> No, I feel like the Jason and I were talking about this last week. I feel like the internet prepared me better for John Wick 3 than seeing John Wick's 1 and 2. Yeah, all the lore the internet doesn't really talk about. And there's so fucking there's much There's a lore. lot of lore. Yeah. Every, it is every, so loreful. Everyone's right, we, everyone's an assassin and they use uh tokens like it's Chuck E. Cheese. Boom. My fit and the one part of this that I genuinely loved was the notion near the end of the second movie that what John Wick truly fears most is flash mobs. Which, again. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. I think Let's- at some point in three, you just sort of accept, like, all right, they're just going to keep assuming I know, like, ten movies worth of backstory here, even though they don't exist. And that's fine. Like, they're, they're, there's this point where it's very important that we have to go to a certain location, and you just say... I know of no reason why they would need to, but let's go. But they said it confidently, so I believe yeah, them. Yeah, evidently we got to be there. Hey, let's. Um, I want to pick up on John Wick and on John Thrick. But Jason, I want to ask. Oh you yeah, a- we're calling him John Wick, John Twick, and John Thrick. Thrick. Okay. Yeah, because um, it's a trilogy that has a total of twenty-four pages of script. Maybe, um, Jason, you have a story about a dachshund named Toby. It's true. First, I have a pre-story about dachshunds in general. Have any of you ever uh, owned a dachshund or been? No, I've, I've lived near one. My best friend in elementary school had two. Okay, so if they're like, I assume most dachshunds are, are basically the same. The same 
very obsessive types um, mm-hmm. bred to dig in holes and dig things out of holes. And like once they get their mindset on something, they're just fucking going to do it and you will lose. They, they are more stubborn than you. Um, our dog, we have two dogs. One is this indistinguishable, very friendly, helpless mutt. Um, and the other is a senile lady beagle dachshund. Uh, and beagles, of course, are like they're for hunting birds, which is great because they're basically birds. They're stupid. They have no mm-hmm. attention span. Uh, they just dart around screaming all day long, just like birds. So eventually the bird just says like, oh, look at that bird. You know, haha, now you've been fooled. Um, so you put together a beagle and a dachshund and basically you have like a fucking shark. Like that's <laughs> that's yeah. the mindset and the intelligence of this. Like a mako. Yeah. Wait, like like one of those ones that has to keep moving or it'll die, or one of those ones that eats trash? Uh, I think at this point, now yes. that she's old, she's a nurse shark. Okay. She just kind of plops somewhere and don't step on her, you know. Now that um, makes sense just hanging out in the shallows where it's warm. Yeah. So we have this like ecosystem in our house where the cat, the little, the she's three or four, but she's still kitten shaped because she spends all day long hunting stuff, <laughs> uh, but not killing it. She just prefers to bring it inside. Um, because sweet. she thinks we're all starving. So She's like, contributing to the household. Yeah, like, here, have a mole. You know, we don't want a mole. but So she brings in an animal. Um, Batman, the happy, friendly boy mutt, is he's too helpless to do anything about it. He'll just sit and look at it. Um, and then Izzy, the senile old beagle dachshund, of course, by the time you get her to lumber to life, she'll go and kill the thing and then eventually be talked into taking it outside. You know, at which point the cat will find something else to bring inside. So this recently played out with a baby possum. No. Oh, hey. Yeah. There's a <laughs> wife is sitting on the bed, looked over, and behold, a possum. <laughs> which is like the worst thing to see in your in your bedroom. Uh, but we eventually get it out. And uh, yeah, I say all this to say the dachshund mindset, I, I get it. I, you know, once, once they're locked in, no matter how, no matter what... Uh, uh, circumstances life might put in the way such as incredible age or the inability to walk they're going to get it done um that brings us to the tale of toby the dachshund sent in by listener john many moons ago ahead of our august live show my dachshund named toby had serious weight issues so dachshunds get fat right this is yeah this is uh this is parallel across both these stories so i was feeding him only green beans he was really pissed about it he would eat his green beans and just stand at his bowl and bark for 20 minutes. Wasn't losing any weight, though. <laughs> Again, this all, yeah, I, I get all this. This all were, sounds exactly right. Were I only eating green beans? This is the exact same thing I would do. <laughs> hey! 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 Just the dog on tilt for 20 straight minutes. Come on, man! Hey! Come on! Hey! See, like some creatures to be like, they'd scream for like one minute and then like, okay, I'll I'll go find a different solution. Not a dachshund. No, not us. That's what, that's the Captain America of dogs. (laughs) Uh, One night my neighbor came over freaking out. She had to take her dog to the clinic clinic because he'd eaten an entire bowl of Hershey's kisses that she'd left on a table. She didn't know how her elderly dog could have gotten to them. So I'm sitting in her kitchen and I hear a noise. I see Toby standing halfway through her dog door, staring at me. It turns out that for like three months, he'd been waiting for the sound of her car leaving, then sneaking over through a hole he dug under her fence. (laughs) She always kept food out for her dog, so Toby would eat everything in that poor dog's bowl. Also, I noticed Toby's poop was like 50% silver foil. So here's the other thing about dachshunds. Um, They're invincible. 
uh, they always tell you, you know, your dogs can't eat chocolate. If a dog gets a bite of chocolate, they'll explode immediately. You, oh, you have failed. You have lost your dog. Your dog is gone. Give up, you loser. This fucking dachshund has eaten so much goddamn chocolate. In it, my dachshund, um, just it, it, it used to happen a lot more because she was athletic enough to, you know acquire anything in the house even if it's on a fucking counter i don't know how she'd move a chair over and climb up and eat the fucking chocolate and then she like bloats out you know as wide as she is long and you're like holy shit she's gonna die she's gonna explode and then hours later she's totally fine dachshunds are in, they're 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 like goat sharks Dachshund, so. dachshunds are the ocean's 11 of dog they're just walking you know the fallout actually, gun you can put like knives in it and it turns right. it into a you know that's that's a dachshund it can that eat actually knives. tracks for more reasons than one because i remember reading an interview with andy garcia after oceans 11 in which he stated he based his performance on is very andy garcia he based his performance on a mako shark uh with the notion that his character always had to be in motion on screen <laughs> i'm not making this up yeah but he skipped the part where he's eating license plates and no, that's Whatever. Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt is eating in every scene. Oh, so wow! They really get it. And, and where do sharks live? Yeah, in the, in the sea. The ocean. <laughs> Damn it's it! The sea, right? Yeah. Damn it! That's, oh shit! The um the other part I like of this is now I'm imagining that the dog was not barking for 20 minutes. It was doing the thing from Speed where it recorded itself barking and just played that on <laughs> for 20 minutes while it went to the other house to eat the other dog's food. Created a diversion. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. It, it, this is, by the way, the dachshund's like consulting with the dog de Bordeaux over the phone. So now right? we need the dachshund version of 25th Hour. Right. Yeah. Right. That's too dark. God. Uh, Ryan. Speaking of dark, take us to your story. Uh, it's very happy. Is, oh, boy. All right. This is from Jason, not our Jason. This is from a Jason who lives in Anchorage, Alaska. One particularly icy winter morning, my wife was driving the kids to school, and the fuel gauge in the car had broken, so she ran out of gas. She calls me from the side of the highway to come bring her some, so I start heading that way. While they are sitting there waiting for me, a truck slides off the road oh, and no. into the ditch on the other side of the highway. Which, of course, catches everyone's attention. You say that, but I actually imagine this to be a somewhat common circumstance in Alaskan winter. Uh, but I don't know for sure. Then my wife notices a cow and calf moose mm. trying, trying to cross the highway and immediately realizes the worst possible outcome is likely to happen here. Of course, the kids see the moose and are really excited because who doesn't love seeing a couple of moose? Well, it's still being dark and road conditions being what they are. Again, this is in Alaskan winter, and a particularly icy one, we're told. Stopping or swerving to avoid any object, living or otherwise, is impossible. Sure enough, the calf just gets plowed by a truck. There's an awkward silence in the car. Then our seven-year-old son, who is the more emotive of the two, says, Is the baby moose going to be okay? And our nine-year-old daughter who is, to say the least, very direct, responds very flatly, it's dead. <laughs> Time of death. <laughs> yeah, you know what, that nine-year-old girl, though? Good for that Alaskan nine-year-old. That's yeah. her That's her hour. She was yeah. waiting for that, right? Like, her brother's, her brother's the wobbly one. Everyone's in shock, and she's like, <clears throat> hold on, I got this, y'all. <laughs> We're on to the next moose. Once- it's, <laughs> it's dead. <laughs> Once the thin veneer of society finally peels away altogether... That seven-year-old boy is going to be very happy to have the nine-year-old sister. Oh, yeah. Wait, because she... Don't you have a story similar to this with your youngest son regarding death? 
Oh yeah, yeah. My 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 younger son walked up to one of his teachers, pointed to a picture on his desk, and said, "Hey, who's that? Was that your was that your grandma?" Teacher goes, "Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my granny." Yeah, and he looks at her and goes, "Is she dead?" <laughs> no, that's not what happened. No, this is not how it was told to me. So I wasn't there. So try again. Goes, Do a totally different version now. <laughs> so. My older son. No, it's still my younger <laughs> my, son. My older duck Bordeaux. <laughs> Wait, the way this was relayed to me by the mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. I think this. I was like reading to their class that day or something for yeah. some reason. And the way this was relayed to me was that uh, he asked if the grandmother was coming to grandparents day. Uh, and then the teacher told him that, you know, no, she passed away. And then he dropped his, he his philosophy bomb. He paused. And this part did happen. He said, you know what? It's okay. I'm pretty sure she's not a ghost. She's probably just dead. <laughs> That's and, the right thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. She's probably just dead. Don't worry about it. She's not just like, like. In the tone of one offering reassurance. Yeah. No, he had like a very like, hey, bro, I got this for you. She's I like, dead. I like this because I imagine he's one of those like shifty medium types who like, he's like, come on my television show and I'll channel the spirits. And this teacher did, and he's just like, nope, nothing there. No, be man. At, be at peace. I wonder, I mean, too. I wonder. This is ultimately, like, it, there's entire religions that try to do this, you know? Tell you, is my loved one okay in the afterlife? And your son just said, sure. Sure. Not not a lost, wandering soul. Not a yeah. single problem. <laughs> I figure it's because they've blocked your number. Right? Like, when you're dead, you're just like, I don't want to talk to that person. Right? Everyone who you can contact in the this, afterlife, this they're is, like, oh, bro, what's up? How you this, doing? This it's been is a long a very, time. This is a very you approach to death. Yeah, exactly. They're not answering their email. Well, this they're is actually just, a very Holly approach to death where no mentions whatsoever. <laughs> blocked. Mm. <laughs> Wait, are we all dead? Is that what I'm learning? That would explain a lot. And, some, and somewhere some like appointee of the afterlife is like just record one podcast without incident and you can move on to heaven just one. i will i will tell you this if you are if you are in any situation in life where you kill a moose and you don't have a gun in your hands and are not hunting it intentionally it was meant to happen those things like even the even juvenile moose are just indestructible so if you ended up killing a moose buddy that was just meant to happen it sucks it's traumatic. It's terrible. But guess what? Um, it, there was nothing you could do about it because you were just signed up for you were signed up for that unfortunate incident with the moose. You're so Calvinist today. Extremely. I don't like what I'm not going to feel bad about that because that's like basically getting hit by a meteor and or watching something get hit by a meteor. I, there, this this is now also our season preview. Whatever happens this year in college football was what was destined to happen, even if it's bad. Uh, what can go I balls. What, yeah, go, <laughs> go insert team here <laughs> um, I have a story about um, about a heifer about a particularly affectionate heifer uh, this uh, this comes to us from and let me get the full nope, name right sorry we're doing podcast business now you bitch podcast uh, business what's that business podcast business Picking up Ryan's cues without effort and in motion. 
Oh, so a man sucked a tiger's dick. <laughs> mm, there's an animal disaster. Right. We have I most. Mean, maybe for the man. We have most of a live show announcement to put together. Yep. Uh, Holly, you stop me when I'm saying something that is not 80% confirmed. Cool? All right, go. All right. We are doing a live show. Correct. On on or about June 21st. Ish. In Ann Arbor, Michigan. Correct. Tickets or some other form of Responde Sivu Play will be available in the nearish future, like maybe within a week or two. We hope so. And they will also be made available first to those of you who donated to the charity bowl during our conference call. MGO blog will be participating in some way, shape or form as our honored guests. Yes. Stephen Godfrey will not be there because he's a coward who, who rejects the notion of civilized debate. I wanted to have Stephen Godfrey in a dunk tank as our opening act and was brutally rebuffed. Please remind him online that now it is he, not Spencer, who is afraid of water and cannot swim. Well, he's, saying- all, he, he's all legs, so he would just like stand up. Yeah, like <laughs> you, you like put him on a dunking stool and his feet are flat on the ground. What a fucking chicken. This is just old Miss not showing up again. Mm. That's not going to hurt him. You know that. Oh, yeah, Mississippi never did have much of a Navy. So I think that's it. Did I hit all the points? Um, I really wish we could reveal the venue at this time. I know, we can't I know. just the, yet. We're, uh. we're, we're getting some we're getting some things in a row for that. But keep we, keep in suffice mind. Suffice to say, we will we will shortly we will shortly ascend a peak of on brand. Uh, so so keep an eye out on or about we we think it will be the 21st small chance it might be the 22nd mm. partially we're debating which of those has the better world war ii facts that we can uh share mm. not share the crowd already has them so remember with the crowd obviously. be be educated upon by the crowd. right right receive mm. wisdom on the subject of uh and yeah as always preownedairboats.com that's your source for all your up-to-date Full cast college football world news. What's on preownedairboats.com right now? I think it points to our iTunes. Oh, it does. Link. Cool. Yeah. Can I, can I tell <laughs> so everybody? So click on that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're in the Ann Arbor area there, fall through, y'all. You can, you know, see us in the flesh. I will say lots of mean things about Ohio State in Michigan, to be clear. Oh, nothing but, man. Just I might, I might wear a Buckeye jersey and just bro out the whole time. Pouring vats of protein powder over my head. And it can't be libelous because Buckeyes can't read. Uh, (laughs) Wow. So can I tell everybody the story of the horny heifer? Yes. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. This comes to us from Cowgirl Bookworm. If I can really, if I can put our brand in one phrase. Cowgirl Bookworm. (laughs) Cowgirl Bookworm. Cowgirl Bookworm. You come close. She submits this story. To start off with, I used to show cattle. Hell yes. Not little zebus. I'm talking an almost six foot semitall heifer. The fuck is a zebu? That's that clown in Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> well, she's not showing him. Mm. Named Prissy. If you have a gigantic, wow. if you have a gigantic heifer, That's name such it. Such a great name. Name it Prissy. Put bows in its hair. Just before one show, I caught the flu real bad. My parents still wanted to go and told me all I would have to do was walk Prissy in the ring and they would handle everything else. 
All you have to do is walk this thousand pound animal through the ring with a 102 degree fever. It's fine. Washing, fitting, feeding. I just had to hang in the truck until showtime. So I'm dozing in the truck, not puking anymore, just exhausted. And I suddenly see a family friend run by like her hair was on fire. My phone rings and my mom just goes, Prissy jump, dad. For those who don't know, when in heat, cows will just jump and hump anything that will stand still. So while my dad was tying the heifer up at the wash racks, she thought he looked up for a roll in the hay and jumped on his back. She weighed about 900 pounds at the time. My dad decided that the smart thing would be to lift her off of him instead of falling down under her chest. This led to him severely spraining his ankle. As he was the one who drove the 20-foot stock trailer up the mountains, this posed a problem. A friend found a Percocet in her purse, and her husband wait, gave wait, my- Wait, 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 go on. Mm-hmm. A friend found a Percocet in her purse? Mm-hmm. Like, down at the bottom with the lint and the mashed-up Reese's pieces? <laughs> Just Arizona uh, why, agriculture. Why did, yeah, why does that sound un- improbable to you? Livin' just found a Percocet in her purse? Just found, found a it, power word, pellet. It's the word found. If you, yeah. live in, if you live in Arizona or Florida, your purse comes preloaded with Percocet. I oh, found, this is true. I found a gun in my purse. <laughs> and her husband gave my mom a quick coaching in driving a stock trailer that amounted to drive as slow as you want. Don't give a shit about people behind you. Arizona, don't give a shit about people behind you. Mm. So my mom started us back to Phoenix with my dad conked out in the back. She drove, she drove great all the way down the mountains, and my dad only woke up after we hit the freeways. We still tease him about his bovine girlfriend to this day. I mean, not giving a shit about what's behind you kind of is what got him mounted in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, Prissy. Mm-hmm. I hope Prissy's like, man, he's the one that got away. <sighs> I still think about him sometimes. I hope, I, hope, I hope Prissy went back to the rest of the herd and was like, patriarchy's about ready to crumble. I've, I've, I've struck a blow. They're weak. They're weak. Now, sisters. <laughs> I and also among the many wonderful things in this story uh, are this that the father, in, in extreme dad thinking, with a nine hundred pound cow on his back, was like, "I'll just lift it off." <laughs> Every, That's not even. Every dad secretly thinks that, like, they have a hidden Hulk within them. That, like, oh, if I'm just if I'm just motivated enough, I'll summon the strength of Zeus himself. What What is a cow but just a big piece of furniture? <laughs> like, even lever weight there? That's like a 700, 600 pound shoulder press that the dude's trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the legs! With the legs! <laughs> no, it's no, no, all no, no. about form. With proper form, you can lift anything. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a strict press. You know, I'm going to get a little bounce going. You should have seen me in high school. <laughs> I could lift a cow. <laughs> I did. Hi, I'm Mike Olsot. This is This is literally a mythical test of strength. Don't <laughs> do it. This is like this is actually like in the historical records. This is the first test of strength. Can you lift a cow? Well, Hercules had poor form, so <laughs> Yeah. Hercules had problems with it. You like like, you know, Dave at the Arizona State Fair, it's not gonna go well for you. There's a Medusa in the garage. Give me the mirror. I'll take care of it. 
That's that's amazing. He's lucky he only severely sprained his ankle. Also, I want to go back to this. First of all, Zebu slander. Did didn't know didn't know we were hating on Zebus. Second, uh, these parents were like, "You're fine. <laughs> you have the flu. It'll be cool." <laughs> it was like my parents, who if you have one like one part member in your family who, for religious or personal reasons, does not believe in sickness. Everyone else in the family becomes that person. It only takes one person going, you know, I don't think viruses are real. To take otherwise rational people and turn them into, hey, you know, the Stoics said either it would go away or you would. So let's see, kid. See what happens. Yeah, these are these are my parents, right? You got the flu? Just lead this cow around a ring. You'll be you'll be fine. What's the worst that's ever happened with a cow in a ring? <laughs> oh, that? Oh. Well, that was probably just the once. <laughs> that seems like something we can control. Oh, you, but you'll notice the person who got gored in that story didn't have the flu. So you'll agree your illness has nothing to do with this. Yeah, the cow, the cow knows you're contagious. It wants no part of that. Because <laughs> cows are natural epidemiologists. That's what they say. Holly, do you have another what? story to read? Yeah, sure. Uh, I would like to tell you the tale of the anonymous Syracuse fan and the dad fighting a woodchuck. This is this is what's right next to the tomb of the unknown soldier. Less visited, but still special in its own way. All right. I will now adopt the voice of anonymous Syracuse fan. Oh, God. My father has been battling to keep woodchucks out of his garden for many years. His usual method of dealing with them is to catch them in a live trap and then drive them out to the countryside and release them. I hope he has a special playlist for this. If he doesn't, we'll make him one. Yeah. However, a few years ago, oh God, he saw a video with a new method to get rid of woodchucks. There's got to be an upper age limit on people that are allowed onto YouTube. Uh, it involved putting a bit of prop a bit of propane into the woodchuck burrow. And igniting it. Mm. My dad tried this method with two alterations. First, he put several times more propane into the burrow than was shown in the video. Well, sure. If a bit will work, then more will super work. I don't want him coming back. Second, to ignite the propane, he lit a firework, (laughs) tossed it into the burrow. Unsurprisingly, the result was a big boom. I was in our house about a hundred feet away and unaware of what was going on. The explosion sounded like someone fell off a ladder onto the floor above me. (laughs) Our neighbors also heard the explosion (laughs) and called to make sure that everything was all right. The next day, a very frazzled woodchuck was seen in the neighbor's yard. What the fuck, man? Those are my fireworks. Uh, the reader goes on to tell us that a couple years later, the dad tried this again with similar <laughs> results. That's, right. that's but, right. But with a more conventional source of ignition. I like that that's what he thought the problem like, was. Like, well, what, a grill lighter? He's yeah. like, well, you know, grill lighters are for propane, so let's try this one. No, it's fine. I've been spending even... the years grinding, earning dad XP, really building up my stats. I feel like <laughs> I'm ready for this boss battle now. Like, Next let's time try... I, I set a woodchuck on fire and threw that in the hole. <laughs> The hole was full of fireworks now. Is that good? God, the rare literal fire in the hole. I am so thankful for this dad. 
I love the frazzle woodshot walking around like war is hell. <laughs> war never changes. We were down there in a trench when, when the shit hit. I think maybe the very frazzled woodchuck is just in the neighbor's yard was actually a completely different woodchuck. Yeah. He's just kind of like, there's a false causation here. Like maybe that woodchuck's just like, I don't know, man. Last night got crazy. Oh, it's just, oh man. Like we went to like eight bars and like, I don't know, Dave got into some crazy stuff. So he hasn't even heard the rumors yet Yeah, from, from the woodchuck network? No, the woodchuck. The more tragic angle is that he killed the entire woodchuck family, and that's like the job left over, right? Like, why, God? Oh, my God. Why? John Maybe. Woodchuck. It's John Woodchuck. John, John, John Wick. John Woodchick. Woodchick. Wick. 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 Chuck. John Wuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just with, an, with a uh, apostrophe. That movie gets so much better just with calling it John Wuck. <laughs> Can I? The, the John greatest, Wack. <laughs> I read an interview on Uprox with uh, with him where he said with whom uh, with, John, with John Keanu Wick. Reeves with John, Wick. Wick. John Wick is real. John Wick talked to Uprox. John, John Wick. Wick did. Uh, well, he, he, he says a is, lot of words. He kind of is because in the interview, the interviewer said, "Hey, wouldn't it be? Isn't it kind of scary to like learn all that stuff? Because then, like, I don't know, you're kind of like an assassin." And Keanu Reeves' answer was, "No way, man. That's awesome." Which is <laughs> kind of convinces me that the entire point of the movies was exactly what I would do with an action sequence, which, which is, yeah, I'm going to work out like five hours a day uh, for a movie. Yeah, for a movie. That's like, you know, have people <laughs> yeah, pay. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, people are going to pay me to like work out and eat a bunch of steak. Spencer, you're an expert on movie workouts. Uh, what would you what would you call the John Wick workout? It's John Wick training. Because it's not a workout. You're training for something. It's a Keanu lifestyle. has said this in interviews. Also, I will quote Keanu from a preview. People say they're ready for John Wick training, and then they do John Wick training, and they're not ready for John Wick training. Yeah, hell yeah. Jason. What are the John Wick liquid supplements? Uh, I think it's just Blanton's mm. or Booker's. Blood. Blood. Jason. So uh, let's see. Let's start with a little. Let's start with a little musical intro. Bam, 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 bam. All right, you with me? Mortal so Kombat. Is that wrong? No, that's, <laughs> no, that's a different song. <laughs> I, want, I want you to just come in with Mortal Kombat over anything, right? Like okay, Adagio okay. is playing. There will be. The there is some Mortal Kombat in this story, so we will use that as a secondary musical moment. Okay. Have I told y'all a girl I went to college with is playing a Mortal Kombat villain in the new video game? Like she's the voice of it. Is oh. she uh, Raiden? Is she Scorpion? No, she's Frost. I don't know who that is. Is that like Sub Zero's? Yeah, it's like Lady Sub Zero. Yeah. Okay. I was at the pool yesterday and uh, was surprised to hear. Twenty five years later, teens are still arguing about. No, I get to be Sub Zero, like at a pool fight. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> so remember our musical cue. Uh, as a child growing up in Southern Iowa, we used to get taken on trips to a local petting zoo located on an old farm out in the country. The quote marks, oh, this is from listener Corey, by the way. The quote marks zoo consisted mostly of some pens and cages that the owners had put up in their backyard. They had some pretty typical petting zoo animals, such as goats and pigs, but also had more exotic fare like porcupines and a tiger. Iowa tiger. Wow. Mortal Kombat. (laughs) 
The first time I visited the place, I was probably around eight years old, and the tiger was just a little Iowa tiger. Was just a little cub. This being a janky backyard petting zoo with a fucking porcupine in it, they would let it run free because it was only slightly larger than a house cat and couldn't hurt anyone yet. So wait, One point, they put a porcupine in a petting zoo? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, to me that's even weirder than the tiger. But uh that's like at one the point, scheduling northern Iowa of it- settings uh, your choices. It's yeah. it's a very it's a very cheap standardized test for second graders. <laughs> it's pass Are or fail. you smarter than a juvenile porcupine? <laughs> pass or fail. That's the guy that like a like a a golden retriever sees the porcupine and immediately fails. Hug! Yeah. Hug! Hug! I don't want to pass. I, I, you are my friend. <laughs> Uh, at one point, the tiger cub, Iowa tiger cub, started sprinting in my direction, and as all my tiny brain could process was, oh shit, a tiger! <laughs> I fled in terror. The cub thought this was great fun and chased me around the grounds for a bit while the zoo owners and our chaperones just stood there and laughed. After we spent a good minute running in circles around an old well, one of the owners eventually stepped in and took the cub away. We kept visiting the zoo for subsequent field trips, and I was always terrified that the tiger, now fully grown, had acquired my scent and was going to break <laughs> free from its cage and come after me, the prey that had escaped. I so, feel like Corey's being too hard on himself here. He's like, oh, my, all my brain could process was, oh, shit, a tiger. Yeah, that's exactly what your brain is supposed to be doing. That's what the fucking doing. human brain was designed to do. This is, yeah. step, this is step two like, after Corey, you are food. way too hard on yourself in this situation. <laughs> you are the only person reacting normally. Yeah, I'm Corey, step- you are a totally functional human. So I'm going to step in and suggest that Corey failed because this was a test to see whether he was the beast master. And, <laughs> oh, okay. And he clearly he clearly flunked this test because if he had really been master of his environment, he would have stood there, made a mystical hand sign, right, with the pinky out and the thumb up, hypnotized it, and then become the tiger's friend, mentor, and companion. So I tried to look up to find out where the Iowa Tiger Farm is. (laughs) Iowa Tiger. God damn it. Mortal Kombat! (laughs) (laughs) And a a series of headlines that came up about a trouble. Let's see. USDA revokes license of troubled Iowa roadside zoo. Is there anything better than the combination of the word troubled with petting zoo? So there's a series of stories over the course of like four years about this Iowa petting zoo that had a tiger and couldn't keep it. This was within the past decade. Uh, so I asked Corey if this was the same place, uh, the same petting zoo, and he says, no, that's on the other side of the state from where I live. <laughs> wow. I've tried finding it through Google, but this was 25 years ago, and I suspect the place has been closed down for a while. I will say, though, from the pictures, Cricket Hollow which is the place closed down by the USDA, looks very similar to the zoo that I went to, except much bigger and way fancier. <laughs> My place never had a sign. So we got a motherfucking <laughs> bootleg Iowa tiger farm where, like, the unregulated Iowa tigers are that the USDA didn't even know about. Iowa these these, these wow. tigers are off the grid. We filed off the VIN numbers. <laughs> How many bodies this tiger got on it? Nobody knows. <laughs> it was a Big Ten tiger, though, so you know they just kept thinking, make it bigger. Now, make you know bigger. you know what the original uh, petting zoo was, right? Hmm. Noah's, Noah's goddamn art. art. God damn it. <laughs> Mortal Kombat! 